Broadcasting live from the Hilltop Nissan Studios. Hilltop Nissan, Route 10 East Hanover, and HilltopNissan.com. This is Classic Oldies WMTR. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. The following sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff, management, and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision. Time now for Eat Right with Laura. Here's Dr. Laura Rocco's. Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rocco's and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle intervention strategy for disease prevention and health maintenance. To learn more about me or about Eagle Rock Nutrition, you may find me on the web at www.eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Uh, you can call, also call and make an appointment uh, by calling 908-764-9062. The number at the office is 908-764-9062. So tonight's show is about dietary approaches to stop hypertension, and you will learn about a clinical, clinically proven strategy that actually reduces high blood pressure, and it is called the DASH diet. So if you have any experience with the DASH diet or if you have any questions about your own hypertension, feel free to call in tonight. The call-in number is 973-267-WMTR. That's 973-267-9687. So if you like to listen in every week, uh, but uh, some weeks you're not getting good reception, you could always join the show at the live stream. So we're live streaming uh, at WMTRAM.com. So let's get this party started. So I'm just going to start with, uh, uh, if you were my students, I'd be making you guess what the leading cause of death in the United States is. Uh, and you can just guess by the topic of the show tonight that it's heart disease. So heart disease is the number one cause of mortality in the United States. So you can just imagine how critical it is for us to be paying attention here. And if you're just curious, the second cause is cancer. But the fact that the first cause is heart disease uh, strongly suggests that we really need to be focusing on all kinds of strategies that will improve the health of our heart. Uh, this is a problem that is particularly evident in women. And the problem with women is that their symptoms tend to be more silent, meaning that the symptoms aren't as pronounced. Sometimes they go unrecognized. Most people recognize a heart attack or problems with the heart through pain and pressure. But for women, uh, these symptoms are not always severe or prominent, and they can be ignored. Um, some of the other symptoms that are subtle can be just pain in the neck, jaw, shoulder, upper back, or some abdominal discomfort, you know, and those are, you know, symptomatic of other things too, but you should really be paying attention when you're having discomfort in those areas. It can present as shortness of breath, uh, pain in the right arm. It can present as nausea or vomiting, uh, sweating, lightheadedness or dizziness when a lot of people pass that off as just maybe missing a meal or just unusual fatigue. So if you're a woman and you're experiencing these symptoms, consider the health of your heart. So what are some of the risk factors, right, for heart disease? All right, so I like to distinguish uh, two conditions that are associated with heart disease. So there's hypertension, which is basically high blood pressure, and then there's atherosclerosis, which is the narrowing or the hardening of the arteries, which also contributes to high blood pressure. But the causes, while overlapping, 
are subtly different. Now, both of these conditions, hypertension and atherosclerosis, are caused by diets that are very high in saturated fat from consumption of too many animal foods, are high uh, or or high in trans fats, which are fats that are artificially created, uh, known to be associated with cardiovascular disease as a result of the nurse's health study. All right. Both conditions, hypertension and atherosclerosis, uh, are associated with diets that are low in vitamins or minerals, uh, mainly just diets that are high in processed foods. So when we eat a lot of packaged foods or foods that are prepared outside the home, they're us- they usually come at a cost. They may be low in dollar cost, but high in cost of vitamins and minerals. So think about that. The price might be low, but you're not paying for as many vitamins or minerals when you're buying processed foods. So when you're thinking about your budget for food, think about what you're actually purchasing and the value of what you're purchasing. All right. Both conditions are also associated with excessive alcohol intake. And unfortunately, two things that you really can't do anything about, uh, the risk of hypertension and atherosclerosis increases with age. But what distinguishes both of these conditions that contribute to heart disease? Well, hypertension is more known for high consumption of sodium. So diets that are high in salted or um, uh, pickled foods or processed foods, whereas atherosclerosis is associated largely associated with diets that are low in fruits and vegetables and other fiber-rich foods. So one is too much sodium. The other one is not enough fiber. All right, so we're going to talk about that. So I'd like to expand a little bit on this correlation between salt and high blood pressure or hypertension. I may have said this before, but hypertension is a health condition that's really a new world creation. Uh, it is directly associated, the rise in hypertension is directly associated with the invention of canned foods. As we moved forward to consumption of canned foods and processed foods that are high in sodium, we immediately start to see an increase in high blood pressure. And just to further illustrate the strong association between salt consumption and hypertension is the fact that people who live by the ocean tend to have higher blood pressure than those who live, say, in a mountainous region or far away from the ocean. So that's pretty provocative. So why does salt raise your blood pressure? So it has to do with the disruption of electrolytes inside and outside your cells. So what are the electrolytes that I'm talking about? So I'm talking about sodium, obviously, and potassium. All right, sodium is inside the cell while potassium is outside the cell, and those two electrolytes need to be balanced. So when you start to consume too much sodium or salt, the sodium inside your cells is going to rise. And what your body wants to do is adjust itself so that the concentration of sodium and potassium on both sides of the cell are equal. So that's your sodium and potassium balance. So we're not talking about the number of molecules. We're talking about the concentration. So the concentration of sodium on the inside should equal the concentration of potassium on the outside. So if you have 
have too much sodium on the inside of your cell, right, what's going to happen is that uh, water is going to follow the concentration of whichever electrolyte is higher. So if sodium inside the cell is higher than potassium, then water is going to follow the inside of the cell. All right, if potassium on the outside is higher, then the water will flow out of the cell. But more often than not, because of the way we eat, particularly in the United States, but, you know, worldwide is, you know, seems to be starting because of the way we eat with all this sodium, the sodium inside the cell tends to be high which causes the water level inside the cell to rise, all right? The increase in water leads to an increase in blood volume, and as the blood volume increases, the blood pressure increases, all right? So in order to get the blood pressure to go down, you need to get the water to go down. And this is why people who have high blood pressure are prescribed by their doctors diuretics that increase the rate of urination. So the diuretics will lower the water and the salt from the cell. So as the water goes down, the blood volume goes down, and this causes a decrease in blood pressure. So bet you didn't know that that's how that worked unless you're a physician, right? And this definitely was... I'm pretty sure this was the bonus question on my midterm, and um, I kind of gave my students a heads up. So they did pretty well on that question for the most part. I was pretty impressed with some of the answers. So maybe I'll quiz you guys next week. All right. All right. Now, so this afternoon... I was having a conversation about sodium and blood pressure with my colleague, Rich, all right? And he informs me that not all hypertension or high blood pressure is salt sensitive, right? And as a matter of fact, he told me that most hypertension is not salt sensitive. And I actually thought it was the other way around. So, Quite naturally, I had to doubt him, which I shouldn't have, but I did. And I, you know, I researched this. I Googled it, right, to see, well, what is the prevalence of salt-sensitive hypertension? So it turns out that the prevalence is 25%. So he was right, but 25% is still substantial. But what really blew me away is that the very first hit, when I did my Google search, my very first hit for the prevalence of salt Salt-sensitive hypertension was from a professor from University of Virginia that I actually collaborated with. So this Dr. Robin Felder, um, he published um, a, a you know an article uh, about. Four years ago, so four years ago, he published the article uh, that stated that just 25% of hypertension is salt sensitive. But um, he's a pretty colorful character, and in this article, he was, you know, the whole point was to be provocative and say, well, maybe you don't have to manage your salt intake if only 25% of hypertension is salt sensitive. Well, I definitely wouldn't go that far. You definitely need to manage your intake of sodium, right, because there's no downside. You know, it's always going to be good when you're consuming less sodium. But this is the reason why many many of the medications to lower your blood pressure don't work in everyone, uh, which therefore is why the pharmaceutical industry is still to this day, despite the many, many medications that are on the market to lower blood pressure, why most of the large big pharma companies have huge programs to continue to develop um, medications to lower blood pressure. Well, that coupled with the fact that it's the number one cause of death in the United States, um, lots of incentive there to continue to develop drugs to treat high blood pressure. I would argue that it's far more effective to lower blood pressure holistically and naturally through diet, exercise, and stress reduction. So that's what I'm going to talk about today.
All right. So first, before you even real, before you we even get into this um, strategizing, you know, what are your risk factors for heart disease to begin with? So, like I said, today's topic is really a continuation of the topic from last week where we talked about. strategies to lower cholesterol without using drugs so heart disease and cholesterol are tied together right there's no way of getting around that so if you want to reduce your risk for heart disease you still want to lower your ldl cholesterol the bad cholesterol all right you want to lower your blood pressure all right and you want to monitor uh your risk for diabetes so if you have diabetes elevated blood sugar you are at increased risk for heart disease and also if you're overweight particularly weight that accumulates around the middle which is called central obesity so if you're overweight with the majority of that excess weight in your abdomen that will increase your risk for heart disease and if you're somebody that tends to follow you know what what is called so this is a weird word what is called an atherogenic diet uh, that's a diet that promotes atherosclerosis so high in saturated fats and trans fats and low in consumption of fruits and vegetables and whole grains all right so since the topic tonight is on hypertension what are the numbers that you want to look for for healthy blood pressure what is healthy blood pressure healthy blood pressure numbers are 120 over 880 and the units of that are millimeters of mercury so you want your numbers to be below 120 over 80 if they're somewhere between that number and say 140 over 90 that's considered borderline and a a blood pressure above 140 over 90 is considered unhealthy Um, i might also want to say that you should measure your blood pressure at different times of the day in both sides of your arm so on the right arm and the left arm uh, and and in the doctor's office and outside the doctor's office there's something called white coat syndrome which is where just the nervousness of being in your doctor's office seeing the doctor in the white coat um, makes you nervous and your blood pressure goes up so that's just your nerves and i thought it was really intriguing when um i had to visit a um uh a cardio cardiologist i had to visit a cardiologist um and uh for, for my son when he was a baby no big deal but i had to um it turned out to be no big deal at all but i noticed that when i went to visit that doctor completely dressed dressed down uh, he was wearing a um uh, a flannel checkered uh, shirt, so real casual, jeans and sneakers, no white coat. So I thought that was interesting. All right, so now the other thing I want to mention while we're on the topic of hypertension is how hypertension contributes to something that's called metabolic syndrome. So metabolic syndrome is a collection of risk factors. And if you present with three of these five symptoms, you are a candidate for metabolic syndrome, which also increases your risk overall for cardiovascular disease, which actually is a family of diseases that I will not go into tonight. But if you present with hypertension, if you present with a high fasting blood sugar number, so if you're blood sugar is greater than 100 milligrams per deciliter of blood, all right, if you have that central adiposity and increased waist size, so if your waist is greater than 35 inches if you're a woman or greater than 40 inches if you're a man, all right, or uh, if you have low 
HDL. So if you don't have enough of the good cholesterol, you have an increased risk factor for metabolic syndrome. All right. So for um, a woman, you want your HDL to be above 30 milligrams per deciliter. If you're a man, you want the HDL to be above 40 milligrams per deciliter. And then finally, the fifth risk factor for metabolic syndrome are elevated triglycerides. You want your triglycerides to be below 150 milligrams per deciliter. And I will tell you that your triglycerides usually tend to be high if you're overweight. If you're at a healthy weight, you usually don't have elevated triglycerides. So this hypertension is one of the major risk factors for metabolic syndrome. All right, so how are we going to reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease? So first and foremost, since I am a fitness instructor, increased physical activity, I can't say enough good things about physical activity and the need to exercise your heart. Your heart is the most important muscle in your body, and it needs to be exercised. I had a whole nother show on the benefits of exercise, so go back to the WMTR website, go to the sound advice page, look for Eat Right with Laura, and navigate to the podcast on the benefits of physical exercise. So we don't need to belabor that topic. All right, but when I was talking about risk factors, um, dietary risk factors, uh, I mentioned that you want to reduce your consumption of saturated fat, so the bad fat that's found largely in proteins from animals, reduce consumption of trans fats, all right, found in processed foods, and If you're really struggling with your cholesterol levels, very high, not coming down, then you really have to address cholesterol in your diet. But I will remind you that cholesterol in your diet is not the key driver of elevated blood cholesterol. The key driver of your cholesterol levels is really overconsumption of saturated fat, trans fats, overconsumption of too many calories in general, and lots and lots of carbs. All right. The other thing that you want to do is balance your sodium and potassium. All right. Because when the sodium inside the cell rises, that's when the blood pressure is going to rise. So you want to balance your sodium and potassium. And to ensure that they are balanced, you will need to. We we don't have any problems consuming sodium, but most people are not getting enough potassium in their diets. So you need to, need to increase consumption of potassium-rich foods. I'll tell you what they are when I get to potassium. You definitely want to moderate your salt intake, even though 75% of hypertension is not salt sensitive. There is no downside to reducing your salt intake. You want to keep that below 1,500 milligrams per day if you're over the age of 50 or if you've been diagnosed with hypertension and you want to increase fiber from eating fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. All right, if you're a man, you should be consuming 30 grams of fiber per day. And if you're a woman, you need to be consuming about 25 grams of fiber today per day. And uh, if you need help with calculating that number, come, come see me in my office. All right, I also, to reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, I want you to, you know, reduce consumption of sugary foods, you know, desserts, sugary desserts like cakes and cookies and ice cream. I want you to increase consumption of healthy fat. So less bad fat, saturated trans fats, more healthy fat from omega-3 fatty acids. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, Greater consumption of fish and healthy fat containing foods like nuts and seeds and, you know, healthy fats from plants like Brussels sprouts. Uh, You could take, I'm not averse to taking an omega-3 supplement if you're not getting omega-3s from your diet. Diet. All right, and we'll talk more about that. I also want you to eat more plants that are high in sterols. All right, so those are like um, 
uh, wheat bran and things like that. I'll, I'll give you the laundry list of those in a minute. All right. I want you to replace some of those animal foods, if not all of those animal foods. I'll help you do that. Replace those animal foods with soy. Soy is very heart healthy. All right. Uh, I will definitely have a show on the pros and cons of soy consumption, but the FDA has approved the consumption of, so- of soy for improving heart health. Communities that have a high soy-based diet tend to have improved heart health. I want you to limit consumption of alcohol and reduce stress. And at Eagle Rock Nutrition, we host lots of stress-reducing workshops. All right. So I just want to say something. I just want to expand on this um, topic of soy. All right. If you're going to have soy, which can be found in soy milk, uh, tofu, which is curdled soy milk, uh, tempeh, which is fermented soybeans, uh, edamame, which is baby soybeans, makes a great snack. Just make sure that it's organic or non-genetically modified. In the United States, soy is one of the four common genetically modified crops. Because it's genetically modified, it's treated with herbicides and pesticides. So just make sure that your soy products, food products are organic. All right. But uh, so before earlier today, when I was kind of looking for some provocative statements to support consumption of soy, I did a little uh, I, I did another Google search on soy and heart health and don't you know the very first hit that I got from my search again was from somebody that I knew one of my colleagues from Rutgers Dr. John Erdman wrote a great review article on soy and heart health so John and I received our doctoral PhDs from the same advisor Dr. Paula Chance was our Advisor, and we come from the same department, the food science department at Rutgers. So Dr. Erdman wrote a great article describing why soy is so heart healthy. And I'd never really read an article like this before. So he's talking about the mechanism. Like I know that soy is heart healthy because communities that have high soy consumption uh, suffer from fewer heart diseases. So I know that correlation is very well established, but I never knew why. So the first is that, the first reason is that the plant compounds in soybeans function as antioxidants, which ultimately protect your arteries from damage, all right? And they even, not only do they function as antioxidants, they even improve the function of your, your arteries and your veins. All right, so they improve vascular function. All right, the second mechanism is that um, compounds in soybeans, right, stimulate the production of LDL receptors, which is the same mechanism that the statins like Lipitor are used for lowering cholesterol levels. So Lipitor functions by Increasing the production of LDL receptors, uh, soy protein and soy and soy plant-based compounds stimulate the functionality of LDL receptors, which enable your body to remove LDL cholesterol from the blood. So exact same mechanism. So. With that topic, I'm going to take a break now, and when we come back, we are going to continue to talk about the DASH diet. Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L. Dr. Laura Rocos at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health. 
health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. Rell also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance. The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppice and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live or virtual meetings either at their brand new headquarters in Morganville, New Jersey, or at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. Learn more at ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen, W-O-M-E-N.com. ETT Women. Together, we achieve more. ETT Women member Angela Mayo is a licensed clinical therapist and founder of Holistic Treatment and Consulting Services. She's a board-certified diplomat and also a board-certified expert in the treatment of traumatic stress. Her programs utilize a mindful approach to reduce physical pain while calming the mind and body through soothing relaxation without medication. Angela integrates energy psychology, guided imagery, self-hypnosis, EFT tapping, and art therapy to treat severe anxiety, panic attacks, depression, insomnia, bereavement, grief, and post-traumatic stress disorder. She works with people of all ages, including children. To make an appointment, call 856-275-6145. That's 856-275-6145. You cried in this first day of kindergarten. You pulled an all-nighter that finished a sixth-grade science project. You spent the last two summers and all your vacation time looking for the best colleges. As a parent, you may think that telling your college and child that binge drinking is dangerous is a waste of your time. You may even think that checking in with him every day is a waste of energy. Well, it's not. Don't let the college years be wasted on beer and partying. New Jersey college students who believe their parents' opinions are important are less likely to binge drink. Find out how to keep your college student in check. Visit ParentCheckNJ.com. That's ParentCheckNJ.com. This message sponsored by the Impact New Jersey Coalition, a program of the New Jersey Prevention Network, Partnership for a Drug-Free New Jersey, the Center for Substance Abuse Prevention, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Broadcasting live from the Hilltop Nissan Studios, Classic Oldies, WMTR Morristown, a Beasley Media Group station. Welcome back to Eat Right with Laura. My name is... Dr. Laura Rocco's, and I'd like to start this next segment of the show by thanking my sponsor, the Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, uh, for hosting a fabulous weekend uh, this past weekend. They had oh, almost a hundred women coming together to share their experiences in developing their businesses. Some amazing speakers. Speakers um, can't remember everyone, but the two speakers that really resonated with me were Audrey Puente and Courtney Hall. So uh, you might know Audrey. She she does the weather for uh, Fox News, and she was just great. She had so many interesting things to say. So it was a real pleasure meeting her. But the whole weekend was just amazing, and I'm so proud to have ETT Women as my sponsor for the show. So. Um, if you heard anything tonight, I've been talking about uh, dietary approaches to stop hypertension. Um, so if you heard anything tonight that really resonates with you, feel free to call in. The call-in number is 973-267-WMTR, 973-267-9687. So what is the DASH diet? So this is actually a clinically proven dietary strategy that em- it reduces your risk factors for heart disease, subsequently having a heart attack and stroke. All right. So the two primary goals of this kind of diet. Um, so DASH, by the way, is an acronym for dietary approaches to stop hypertension. So the two primary features are just increased consumption of fruits and vegetables and reduced consumption of saturated fat. And I know this sounds so easy on paper, but seriously, are you all eating eight to ten servings of fruits and vegetables 
Probably not. Um, the average person really eats maybe a piece of fruit at lunch, maybe two servings of, of vegetables at dinner time. That's simply not enough. Uh, w- you know, humans evolved to eat food that's grown on the land. We evolved to eat largely, you know, things that are grown in the ground. And every now and then you might get lucky and get some animal protein into you. But really, your bodies were developed so that they function optimally when you're eating more fruits and vegetables. All right. We have in the last, say, century, we've really evolved to be meat eaters where we're actually eating animal protein for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which has increased our consumption of saturated fat because that's what basically animal sources of food are, very high in saturated fat. So we need to kind of get back to our uh, our vegetarian roots and increase consumption. So most, you know, all of my patients, minimum, minimum, three servings of fruits a day. So three small pieces of fruit every day. And really, even for breakfast, even try to eat a vegetable at breakfast. When I'm making, you know, breakfast for my kids, always like cooking up some, you know, getting get in some broccoli, some spinach, some onions, just putting anything in the pan so they can get some vegetables at every single meal. And, of course, the next most important bullet is to reduce your sodium intake. You know, we've never really, we've, our bodies were simply not designed to consume the kinds of, of sodium, the amounts of sodium that we're eating now. You really have to start reading light labels. You really start, have to start, you know, cooking food inside the home and eating a lot less prepared meals. Um, uh, I, I had um, some some patients this morning, a real busy, three small kids, cute as a button, but no time to cook. And so I hooked them up with someone that would prepare meals for them, home-cooked cooked meals with whole foods that are purchased from a supermarket or a farm. All right, so reduce that sodium, manage your weight. Obesity now it is something that affects you know, half of the people that live in the United States. This is astronomical. I can't even comprehend that, but it's actually, you know, it's, it's basically true. You, you all know that. So there's several definitions of body weight. There's, you know, healthy weight. There's being overweight, obese and morbid obesity. And once you meet the definition of morbid obesity, then it's time to think about a surgical intervention strategy. All right, so we really start need to manage our weight. So we've gone beyond, all right, we've gone beyond having, you know, uh, you know, having being over just being overweight as a problem now the problem is being obese all right so we really have to correct this and we're going to correct it when we learn how to eat healthfully and we start increasing our physical activity we're a very sedentary society uh we love our tv we love sitting down we're just going to have to learn how to walk like you know europeans still do we have to walk everywhere we need to you know ride our bicycles everywhere i'm so glad at least in the tri-state area that we're thinking about ride share, bike share, and, you know, using, you know, you know mass transit, at least, instead of our cars. Uh, we also need to focus on, you know, how much alcohol are we really consuming. We definitely have a problem with alcohol consumption. And we need to start thinking about making sure that we're getting the minerals that, effectively manage the way your heart functions all right so we have to increase consumption of calcium potassium magnesium three minerals that have a huge impact on the way your heart functions so not necessarily from a multivitamin either i want you to get that from your diet and vitamin c all right and everybody thinks about vitamin you know vitamin c is a critical antioxidant also a question on the midterm a few weeks ago Critical antioxidant for your your body. Everybody thinks about vitamin C coming from oranges. That is definitely, definitely true. But believe it or not, red peppers uh, are an excellent source of vitamin C. So it looks like we have a call. So I'm going to take this call. Okay, great. Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. Is this Robert? Yes. Hi, Laura. Um, I was calling... I was interested in your comments on people that have a busy lifestyle and, you know, often we, 
make smoothies or something like that for breakfast. And then at night when we come in and it's late, we don't always have time to sit down to a prepared meal like we should. What are some of your tips for um, eating properly to reduce hypertension and uh, improve our DASH diet regimen? Okay, well, I had to address this this morning. So if you're talking breakfast, I'm definitely not averse to um, protein shakes because a protein shake is a great way to start your morning with protein. And if you do a plant-based shake, so come to the office, come to Eagle Rock Nutrition. I will totally hook you up with a great plant-based protein shake to start your day. And you could start adding, you know, you know, if I want you to consume more fruits and vegetables. I'll show you how to craft a really great um, meal replacement for breakfast. But when it comes, so let's do that. But when it comes to dinner, you know, having a healthy dinner means think carving out some time during the week for meal preparation. You're going to have to really either grow your own fruits and vegetables, and I can show you how to do that, or especially vegetables, or you're going to have to go food shopping and do some meal prep on the weekend or whatever day that you have off and start preparing your and thinking about, you know, strategizing on what you're going to have for dinner. And I want your dinner, I want the dinner to be the main course should be vegetables and the side course should be your animal protein. A main course can be a plant protein. It can be legumes like beans. I love, I just made a great uh, black bean soup or, you know, something brothy and rich uh, and so, certainly something homemade. So, Robert, I hope that answers your question. So, breakfast, you know, great uh, protein smoothie, meal replacement, dinner, it's all about the meal prep and what I do for my patients is I'll craft you dinner for every day of the week and if I have to I will connect you with an affordable meal preparation service. So thank you for an answering that great question and I hope that answered it to your liking. Have a great night. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm having a hard time dropping the call. Is that a second caller? MK? All right, thanks for helping me out here. All right, let's keep going with this DASH diet because I'm sure you all want even more, um, more clarity around what this DASH diet is. All right, so you're going to cut back on salt, and I know you know how to do that, so start reading those labels, less than 1,500 milligrams a day, and just really... You know, just cut out the cured foods, the smoked foods, no, 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 like sausages, unless you're making them yourself. I, you know, my, my, as I, I talk about my uncle Myron every now and then, he's a famous sausage maker. I actually have the equipment to make my own sausage. So, you know, cut out the sausages and the hot dogs, the salty pickled foods, um, and limit your processed foods, things that come in a package. I want you to eat eight to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. And what is a serving? A serving is only a half of a cup. That's really a teeny tiny amount. It's not as hard as you think. You can take vegetables, you can roast them, you can steam them, you can eat them raw. For my patients that have bowel issues, I, I tend to promote cooking them. You can grill them. The grilling is going to really bring out the flavor, but don't burn them, all right, because then you're going to start introducing carcinogens, and we certainly don't want that. All right, so here is a great way to get more vegetables into your diet. This is something that I do, host a salad in a jar party. So gather up the friends, gather up the neighbors, gather up the classmates, have everybody bring one salad, salad ingredient and you provide the containers. They don't have to be expensive. The fancy end would be go to Michael's, buy a case of bell jars. You can get about a 
dozen for ten dollars um if that's too expensive just go to the dollar store and get uh, plastic containers everybody gets a container and you take a little bit of the salad ingredients all right but if you're going to eat a salad in a jar how does that look so salad in a jar if you're going to make it yourself for lunch you put your dressing on the bottom which should be a homemade dressing some olive oil and vinegar and maybe some um herbs uh on on top of the dressing, you put your hard ingredients, your like less water absorbing ingredients like, you know, celery and radishes and apples. Oh, I love apples in my salad. Some walnuts. So those things won't absorb the dressing as much. And then on top of that, you put the greens and then you put your lid. And when you're ready to eat it, just shake the whole thing up. And there you have a salad that you got from your salad in a jar party. So much fun. And now you're going to eat all these vegetables got lots of great things going all those vegetables are going to protect your arteries from all the antioxidants that you're eating so i told you last week that the ldl cholesterol the bad cholesterol isn't really bad until it becomes oxidized from a a diet that's poor in antioxidants so when you're eating fruits and vegetables every day you're going to prevent your ldl cholesterol from oxidizing it's also going to prevent the proteins the workhorses of your cells from also oxidizing there's something that uh, we that can be measured oxidized protein so you will protect the integrity of your proteins and your cells will just function better and they'll be happier um, antioxidants found in fruits and vegetables um, some of some of them like the ones found in soybeans can function like hormones which are are messengers that relay information from one part of the body to the other, all right, and they will even make your red blood cells function better. They will ensure that your platelets, which are the parts of your red blood cells that clot during wounding, all right, function better so they will prevent them from clotting when you don't want them to be clotting all right um that said i'm talking about leafy greens all right i just want to remind you that a leafy greens like uh spinach and swiss chard and kale are very high in vitamin k and vitamin k promotes clotting so if you are at increased risk of having a stroke or if you've had a stroke all right you want to pay attention to your consumption of leafy greens so not too much vitamin k all right so that's just a reminder you're eating all these fruits and vegetables so you're going to be consuming more fiber what did i tell you last week about fiber fiber helps you to excrete cholesterol from your body because it binds to the bile that is made in the liver, which is where the cholesterol is made. So fiber will bind to the bile so that you can excrete the cholesterol from your body. Less cholesterol in the blood, all right, the healthier your arteries will be. All right, uh, fruits and vegetables are high in vitamin C, a great antioxidant, and they're high in potassium and magnesium, which are minerals that are needed for a healthy muscle contraction. And usually, if you get a lot of cramps in your feet and your legs, that's usually a sign that you're low in magnesium, and you may need to take a magnesium supplement. All right, and if you're not sure, come see me. Um, go to the website, book an appointment, and we'll get to we'll figure out what it is that you need. So usually, if you suffer from high blood pressure, hypertension. Your doctor will encourage you to eat more, uh, get more potassium in your diet. 
all right, uh, will help with that electrolyte balance. So where are you going to get that potassium from? I know everybody knows that they're going to get potassium from bananas. But do you know that potatoes have twice as much potassium as bananas? So regular potato, twice as much sweet potato, a little bit more. You can also get it from some orange juice um, that might be fortified with additional potassium, avocados, and cooked spinach. Now, while on the, I'm on this topic of potassium, all right, my patients that have high, high blood pressure need more, right, to balance the sodium. But some of those patients also suffer from kidney failure or kidney disease, and your kidneys are needed to filter potassium from the body. So if you need, if you have kidney uh, problems, I I will need to help you manage potassium. So you actually need to decrease potassium consumption. All right. So bad kidneys, lower potassium, high blood pressure, higher potassium, potatoes, sweet potatoes, bananas, orange juice, avocados and cooked spinach, which also has a considerable amount of potassium. All right. That said, you need to aim for 4,700 milligrams. That's 4.7 grams of potassium a day. I promise you, no one gets that much. I do uh, dietary, I do nutrient assessment analysis from my patients. No one gets that many milligrams of potassium. I would say most people get about half that amount. So even if you do have kidney issues and you have to lower your potassium intake, you're probably not getting it anyway. All right, so now I'm going to move on to magnesium. Where are you going to, where are you going to get that magnesium? All right, uh, spinach and legumes, you know, black beans, two great sources, soy milk, uh, anything that crawls around the bottom of the, the ocean, anything from the bottom of the ocean, oysters, clams. I know not many people like to eat um, bottom feeders, and I don't blame you, but anything that's crawling around the bottom of the ocean, those little guys are eating lots of minerals, so lot, lots of minerals when you eat bottom feeders, and also dairy like yogurt. Yogurt is a great source um, of magnesium. I love yogurt, not the least of which because because it's an excellent source of probiotics. And you know I'm all about getting more bacteria into the body to support your immune system. What else do I want you to have? What else is a key feature of the DASH diet? Consumption of whole grains, all right, over-processed grains. So not white bread. I want you to eat whole grain bread. I want you to eat brown rice. I want you to eat rolled oats. So not instant oatmeal, not instant oatmeal. Uh, rolled oats or steel-cut cut oats, all right, whole wheat pasta or brown rice pasta, all right, and the other thing is wheat bran. I buy wheat bran, I keep wheat bran in my pantry, and I throw a tablespoon of that in whenever I make pancakes for the kids. Wheat bran is high in phytosterols, which is a kind of plant sterol that competes with cholesterol for binding to cholesterol receptors and helps to lower the cholesterol. Now that said, I want to invite you all, all right, to Purchase uh, gluten-free whole grain breads at Eagle Rock. One of my patients, Marta, love her to death. She is a fabulous baker, all right, and she makes me these gluten-free breads. And Eagle Rock Nutrition is going to have a bread sale, so you have to come to the office, on Wednesday, November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving. Marta will be in the office all all day selling breads so we will be taking orders so go to the website eaglerock.com e-g-g-l-r-o-c-k.com and you can leave a message saying that you'd like to order a yummy yummy gluten-free bread she's going to have three kinds she's going to have a breads made out of 
millet. She's going to have a millet bread, a chickpea bread, and a coconut flour bread. There probably has some bananas and berries, so very high in um, antioxidants. So she's going to have these three breads for sale that you can purchase at the office the day before Thanksgiving. So go to the website and just leave me a message that you'd like to place an order. So we are now placing orders for Marta's gluten-free bread. All right. Um, so I already said I want you to have more, you know, in addition to whole grains, you need more yogurt. And the other thing about the yogurt, in addition to the probiotics, is the calcium. All right. Calcium is another mineral that you need to have a healthy heart. Uh, you do not need to have dairy to get calcium, although um uh, the, my, my protein shake that I recommend is also high in calcium. It's high in calcium because it's completely plant-based. Other plant-based sources of calcium are broccoli. Broccoli, broccoli, broccoli is a superfood. Bok choy, which I'm growing on the tower garden in the office. Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, also very good for you. All right, so lots of plant-based sources of calcium. All right, what else do you need? You need to have lean, if you are, if you are, you know, a meat eater, lean cuts of meat, more fish. We simply, if you are, if you are a meat eater, uh, you need to focus on a fish at least once a week, preferably twice a week. Uh, proteins that come from animals have, uh, all your essential amino acids. This is also true of soybeans. So the other reason why I like soy is because soy is a complete protein, just like animal proteins. But the other thing that you're getting from animal protein is a vitamin B12, which is needed for healthy red blood cell function. So don't be afraid of the animal protein. Soy protein is great animal protein. Um, if you are suffering from hypertension, that's related to your cholesterol levels, then you are going to have to limit consumption of eggs. So no more than four eggs per week, four eggs, you know, complete eggs. So egg whites are okay. You know, the yolk is where the cholesterol is. I want you also all to increase consumption of nuts, seeds, and legumes, all right, because they are high in that magnesium that you need for your heart. They're high in protein. They're high in fiber and flax seeds and chia seeds which you can add to your protein morning shake or to your pancakes or to your homemade granola that I'll show you how to make are all high in omega-3 fatty acids those healthy fats that I want you to eat more of other sources of healthy fat um, unsaturated fat are avocados, olives, olive oils, nuts and seeds, uh, fish, and I'm not averse to recommending an omega-3 supplement. Come to the office. I have an awesome omega blend supplement that I think really is just, just came onto the off, the market in October and I think it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. So we already talked about limiting consumption of saturated fat. I want you to have greater consumption of omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, these are Some of these are the kinds of fatty acids that can only be consumed in the diet. Your body does not make uh, omega-3 fatty acids like DHA and EPA. And why are these so good? Besides lowering blood, blood pressure, the omegas can lower systemic inflammation, reduce your risk of infection, reduce your risk for allergies, uh, and even reduce the, the risk for growth of breast and prostate cancers. So all great things. And my last minute, I'm going to remind you to reduce consumption of sugar. All right. You need to reset your palate. You're, we're all addicted to sugar because we're so accustomed to constantly having that 
hit of sugar on our taste buds all the time. If you could just go a week without sugar, you will find that the sugary foods, the cakes, the cookies, the ice creams, you will find that they are just too sweet. You really don't need to be eating all those sweets. A dessert can be a beautiful bowl of berries with, you know, some, you know, homemade coconut milk um, cream is great. So coconut milk with your berries tastes great. Uh, so one tool, though, that I will leave you with is to go online and track your diet. Keeping a diary, a diary is a great way to manage your diet, to really uh, be accountable to the foods that you're eating. So one of the tools that I use is something called Super Tracker. And you could just Google Super Tracker, which is found on the website called choosemyplate.com and use that true super tracker to keep a diary, a, 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 you know, a, an accounting of your diet. So I hope you all tune in with me next week where I will be talking about healthy eating for the holidays coming up on this holiday season. We're all going to have a great tutorial on what food you should be focusing on to get you through the holidays. So I hope to hear, I hope you tune in next week and don't forget about the gluten-free bread sale on Wednesday, November 22nd at Eagle Rock Nutrition. Uh, log on to the website eaglerock.com to let me know if you'd like to place an order. Good night, everybody. Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L. Dr. Laura Rocco's at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance. The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppas and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live or virtual meetings either at their brand new headquarters in Morganville, New Jersey, or at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. Learn more at ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen.com. ETT Women. Together, we achieve more. ETT Women member Angela Mayo is a licensed clinical therapist and founder of Holistic Treatment and Consulting Services. She's a board-certified diplomat and also a board-certified expert in the treatment of traumatic stress. Her programs utilize a mindful approach to reduce physical pain while calming the mind and body through soothing relaxation without medication. Angela integrates energy psychology, guided imagery, self-hypnosis, EFT tapping, and art therapy to treat severe anxiety, panic attacks, depression, insomnia, bereavement, grief, and post-traumatic stress disorder. She works with people of all ages, including children. To make an appointment, call 856-275-6145. That's 856-275-6145.